Packers have not led all day. Hold is high and down. Crosby's kick is up, and it is good! And the Green Bay Packers have a first-round bye in the playoffs. Way back. Get up! Get out of here! Go! Rainbows high and deep. Touchdown, Wisconsin! And this game is underway with a bang! This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. Yesterday, the NFL regular season ending with a bang. Week 17, no Monday night game tonight. It's done. Playoffs from here on out. And yesterday, as bittersweet as it was, I hate to see the regular season come to an end. Because you get in that routine, you just become a part of your couch every Sunday. From the start of the noon game to Sunday night football and all the pre-games and post-games and halftime shows in between, it becomes part of your weekly routine every Sunday. And that's going away. And as bittersweet as that was, you couldn't have asked for a much wilder, more entertaining, more fun day of football from start to finish yesterday. One of the one of the weirdest NFL Sundays in recent memory, but certainly one of the most fun. All the way, like I said, from the noon games all the way to last night's game. And of course, this week, no Monday night football. So the next NFL football game will be next Saturday when the wild card round starts. Pretty crazy. Packers getting the win over the Lions as well, like that highlight would would tell you they win 23 to 20 over a bad Lions team and there was a lot of drama it was cringy it was tough to watch at times we're going to talk a lot about that today we're going to break down what went down yesterday but also what it means for the Packers moving forward because they are the two seed they have the first round by and they are guaranteed at least one home game in the playoffs at Lambeau you win two games and you're in the Super Bowl pretty crazy as ugly as yesterday's win over the Lions was They did what it takes. We're going to talk about that game and what it means for the Packers moving forward. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had an awesome weekend and you enjoyed that exciting, excellent, thrilling, weird, wacky slate of NFL games yesterday to wrap up the regular season and to wrap up week 17. We we were really set as football fans from noon all the way until Sunday night. The, The noon games, you saw one crazy upset. You almost saw two. So the Patriots, who were 17 and a half, 16 and a half point favorites over the Dolphins at home, just win, and you're guaranteed a first round bye. They couldn't do it. Brian Flores, Fitzpatrick driving the ball down and taking the lead in Foxborough. And I, I tell you what, the Dolphins did America a great service yesterday. I think that that result made everyone, especially the Kansas City Chiefs, happy. Because now they move into the two seed, and they have a first round bye. Meanwhile, the Patriots got to play next week. A result nobody saw coming. You almost saw the Packers get upset by the Lions. They fell down 14 to nothing. They were then down at halftime 17-3, to and they were able uh, to come back and, and to kick a last-second field goal. So through two games against the Lions this year, the Packers did not lead for a single moment of the game until they were and until the game was over at the end. Two game-winning field goals by Mason Crosby. And kind of cool yesterday because redemption... After last year, when Mason Crosby had his career-worst performance in Detroit, we thought maybe that's the end for Mason Crosby. And meanwhile, he has been tremendous ever since. Noon games, one crazy upset, another that almost was with our Green Bay Packers. The late games was essentially about the NFC East, because it was the Cowboys and the Eagles. 
If the Eagles won, didn't matter. They're in. The Cowboys needed to win and have the Eagles lose. Cowboys won, but the Eagles also won, so they move on. The noon games were fun, or the 3 o'clock games were fun, because we got to see Dallas miss the playoffs. And that's just, look, that's just fun. That's just good, clean fun. Whether you're a Vikings fan or a Packers fan or a Bears fan, we can all rally around enjoying watching the Cowboys lose. Those are the late games, the 3.30 games. Then last night decided the NFC West, which in turn decided seeding. Think about that. San Francisco was playing to be the one seed or the five. Seattle now has to play next weekend. Well, San Fran gets a first round by and home field advantage all the way through the playoffs. Or as most people like to say in a very cliche, corny way, the road to the Super Bowl goes through San Francisco. Like everybody likes to phrase it like that, right? But it came down to the final play. I'm sure you saw the highlights today, or maybe you stayed up to watch the end. Uh, I did. I had to be up early. I didn't care. That was that was riveting TV, and it, it felt like an old Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, Richard Sherman on the Niners, Colin Kaepernick game when those two teams were elite and the NFC West was riveting. That's what it felt like last night. And, and just great football all the way through. The Packers couldn't swing the one seed. Came within inches last night, but they're going to be the two instead. But still get to get that first round by. And a playoff game, guaranteed. Could be two. Who knows? It'll really depend on on how the games play out, as always. Now, let's talk about the Packer game. We're going to spend a lot of time. Uh, we're going to talk about the Packers all the way up until 6 o'clock. Whether it was the game yesterday, or, or maybe how we feel about them moving forward into the bye week. Whatever. It's going to be all green and gold today. It's going to be all Packers. And it's interesting, because I, I spent my afternoon yesterday in our sister station, KQ98, um, helping to run the Viking game. I was filling in. So I was pushing the buttons. I was listening to Paul Allen. Uh, and the Vikings radio network, and then there's a, a a window in the wall, and the other side in the lobby is the TV, and I was watching the Packer game, and I was keeping up to date on Twitter, and like I wasn't missing anything, but I couldn't hear the commentary. I kind of kind of feel like you're out of it a little bit, right? Like when you watch on your phone at a family function, it doesn't feel the same, because you can't hear the commentators, you can't jump around, you can't talk with other fans. I was just kind of by myself, and it was a weird experience, because when the game ended and the Packers won, I felt great. But when the Packers win, the first thing I always do is I, I grab my phone, I go to YouTube, and I go watch highlights. And I want to relive it. I want to look closer at some of those great plays that the Packers uh, had that, that made the game a win. I want to see that great throw that Aaron Rodgers made or that clutch kick that Mason Crosby made. And after the game ended yesterday, I'm on my phone, I'm on Twitter, I'm not doing anything. I got time to kill. I'm like, wh- where's the highlight from yesterday? Where's the big play? What, what, what part of that game do I want to go back and rewatch? There wasn't really any. Even when the Packers were driving at the end of the game to try to tie it, to try to take the lead, and ultimately to take the lead and win as as time expired, were we really ever enjoying ourselves as Packer fans? I I don't think so. I wasn't. It it kind of felt like, finally, you could breathe a a sigh of relief. I don't want to watch highlights that make me go, finally. I want to watch highlights that get me excited, that make me think, wow, what a great throw, what a great tackle, what a great catch. There weren't really any highlights yesterday. Packers won 23-20, and, and there were a couple entertaining plays, a couple big plays. Aaron Jones had that big screen play, and Lazard on third down, hauling in that touchdown was a really, really good catch uh, that Rodgers just kind of hung up there for him. It was up to Lazard to go get it, and he did. And Blake Martinez had an interception, and that was exciting. But if you're like me, if the Packers win, you're typically rushing to your phone to watch highlights. It's the same thing with a big Bucks game, big Brewer game. I'm going to watch the highlights. Yesterday, I'm like, meh, I, I'm okay. I'm fine. I don't need to rewatch a single play of that game. Because yesterday, the result was really the, what mattered. And yesterday, I've, I found myself feeling uh, sympathetic towards the beat writers. You know, the people who sit up in the press box, and they write their stories, and then at the end of the game, they turn them in, 
and they're published, whether it's through a newspaper or a blog or a website, doesn't matter. I was feeling for them yesterday because normally when the Packers play, I take notes uh, on my phone or my laptop. And yesterday I was writing some things down and it felt like for the first 75% of that game, it was all negative. What the Packers are doing wrong. You know, the flaws that this team has, the flaws that Aaron Rodgers has, or the, or the coaching staff has, or, or what, everything that happened that, that was going to cause the Packers to lose. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have to do a show tomorrow about how the Packers are playing on Wild Card Weekend, and they let this huge opportunity slide by. And then they ended up winning. And I'm left here with this stack of notes, and I don't, I don't really know what to do with it. I, I kind of feel towards the beat writers who sit up there and halfway through the fourth quarter have their story writ. And and the Packers start to come back, and they're like, man, are they are they going to win? And they start changing a bunch of things. And they start writing, or maybe they're writing two stories at once. Most of the stuff about the Packers' loss, the, the paper that I got right here, my notes from yesterday, most of it I'm going to throw out. Most of it doesn't matter at this point, because it was situational, something they did wrong, and they ended up winning. So that, that stuff really is important. But I did have one takeaway, and I want to start the show with this. And we're going to get more specific as the hour goes on. I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, and and some more specific details of the game. But I want to start with this. And this is one of the things I wrote down yesterday while the Packers were getting their butt kicked. And I said, this is this. I'm going to make this my big topic tomorrow. We're going to hit this. We're going to talk about this. And I want to share this with you. We'll get into details later. This is what I wrote. The the Packers are 13-3 and now. At the time, it was looking like they were were going to be, what would that be, 12-4? and And, and, And we all think that they're a good, not great team. And yesterday would have been another example of that. I like this Packers team a lot, but they don't feel like they're 13-3. and three. They don't feel like they're an amazing elite team that's about to make a run through the first round by, playing at home and, and get to the Super Bowl. It doesn't feel like that. I have to remind myself, oh yeah, they're 13-3. and three. But, like you, I kind of feel like this Packers team is, is good, not great. A couple of times this season, the Packers have had opportunities to prove that they are great or to make a statement. In Los Angeles, when they went out there and the Chargers punched him in the mouth early on, they laid down. They died. They they could have come back. They could have fought, and they just didn't. They laid down, and everybody went, Shush. not a great look for the Packers. When they played San Francisco, coming out of the bye, rested for the one seed in the NFC at the time, two elite teams who were just balling. Packers had a huge opportunity to make a statement and say, we are a great team. We're not just a good team. We are a contender, and they didn't get it done. They flopped. Another wasted opportunity. Now, Sunday was an opportunity to kind of take control of your own destiny, to get a bye, game, to get a bye week and to, to play at home. And I thought, midway through the third quarter, when I'm writing my notes and getting ready for today, I thought, they're going to let another opportunity go by. They're going to let another opportunity say, we're a great team. We're going to have a bye. We're going to play at home. They're going to let this one slip by too. And they ultimately didn't. They didn't. But as we talk about the Packers today, keep that in mind. A couple times throughout the season, they've had opportunities. And look, the Dallas win was great, although Dallas didn't really turn out to be the great team we thought they were. And the Minnesota game on Monday night was great, but Dalvin Cook was out, Madison was out, and Kirk Cousins was just bad. And and that win still counts. That's still a good win on the road for the Packers in a building they had never won. But a couple of times this year, the San Francisco game, they they, kind of let that opportunity go by. Yesterday, they almost let the opportunity go by. Is that going to be the case in the playoffs? That's what I was thinking yesterday. And they, they ultimately ended up winning, so they are going to get the bye. They are going to get the home game. But that stuck with me a little bit, and I wanted to share that with you. Now, moving forward, I want to talk about 
the game itself. Uh, because I did take a lot of notes yesterday talking about how the Packers are bad. This is bad. This is awful. They're going to miss out on the first round by this, this, and that. We're going to throw that to the side, and we're going to talk about different talking points because the Packers did end up winning. You want to know what the worst part about the Packers was yesterday? It wasn't the coaching. It wasn't the officiating. It wasn't the wide receivers. It was Aaron Rodgers. He was bad. And as probably the biggest Aaron Rodgers supporter and fan on this station, I feel like we got to talk about that. We got to address it. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and a, a, a forgettable, to put it nicely, performance yesterday. If you want to send me your thoughts, give me a text. 608-796-2558 because I'm sure you have opinions on this one. It would be hard not to after a very stressful, frustrating couple of hours yesterday afternoon. The Packers... Win 23-20, they move to 13-3, and barely secure that first round bye in a home playoff game, at least in the divisional round. Let's talk about it, and let's talk about Aaron Rodgers and a performance to forget. Coming up next, you're listening to the Wisco Sports Show right here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you had a great weekend. Tomorrow, the Wisco Sports Show going to be on the air. Going to be on the air on New Year's Day as well. We got too much stuff to talk about. Not taking time off. So we'll be on the air tomorrow. We're going to continue to talk about Packers. Bucks play tonight. We'll be talking about that game tomorrow. And maybe the Brewers make another move. Who knows? Badger basketball also playing a lot, lot to talk about. I'm not, I'm not taking a day off tomorrow. We're talking about yesterday's Packer victory. They beat the Lions 23-20. to they didn't lead in regulation for a single moment against the Lions this year, but they end up winning both games. Two game-winning field goals, both by Mason Crosby. Yesterday, man, that was drifting far left. I thought maybe that was going to miss. I wasn't ready to handle overtime yesterday. That was a stressful couple of hours. And maybe I didn't hammer this home to start the show enough. The difference in yesterday's result was so massive for the Packers. The difference between a win and a loss, it's not like, yeah, it'd be nice if the Packers could win, or it would certainly be nice if if they could get a first. No, the difference would be the Packers getting a first round by in a home playoff game and hosting the highest remaining seed, which at this point looks like it's going to be New Orleans. That, or play this upcoming weekend and host the Minnesota Vikings. And I know the Packers just beat the Vikings. I understand that. That's not a game I would have picked the Packers to win. I think the Vikings would have came into Lambeau and beat him. A healthy Dalvin Cook, a healthy, uh, presumably, Alexander Madison. I guess I'm not for sure, but I, I think they're both going to be healthy next week to start the playoffs. When the Packers beat the Vikings two weeks ago, or two Monday nights ago, I guess it would be now. I guess a mo- one week ago on Monday night, two football weeks ago, they were without Eric Kendricks. He got hurt, who's playing like a defensive player of the year. They were without Anthony Barr. The Vikings are banged up. They're not going to be banged up next week. They rested just about everybody yesterday. They lost to the Bears. That's not a game I would have picked the Packers to win in. The importance of the Packers getting that win, however ugly yesterday, cannot be understated. Packers had everything to play for yesterday, which I think is why that game was so frustrating. Is because they shouldn't have needed any extra motivation. They shouldn't have needed it. They had everything to play for. The Lions had nothing, and yet it took a game-winning field goal. You'll take the result anyways. Yesterday, the performance that really stood out, and, and not in a good way, was Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers had bad days before, but for the most part, when Aaron Rodgers has had a bad day, we've put some sort of qualifier on it. That, well, this is a bad day by his standards. Or, yeah, he he wasn't his best, but you'd still rather have Aaron Rodgers than, than other quarterbacks. No, that wasn't the case yesterday. Aaron Rodgers, especially in the first half, was, he was putrid, horrible, disgusting, gross. Use whatever word you want to use. 
horribly inefficient. I think he started the game like one of six or one of seven, something like that. It took forever to get it going. Missing guys short, missing them long, throwing them wide. It was bad. It was bad. It was terrible. And it wasn't like, well, this was a bad game by Aaron Rodgers' standards. No, this is a bad game by anyone's standards. Like, if Jack Cohen would have had that start for the Badgers a couple weeks ago, we'd be like, holy crap, is he drunk? Because you don't start a game one of seven or one of six or whatever it was. I'm not exactly sure. Aaron Rodgers was bad yesterday. He had guys open and he missed them. And this problem was not made better. This problem was not solved by the plays that were being called or the plays that were being ran, which were deep shots. I don't know if you saw this statistic or heard this throughout the day. Maybe Bill Michaels is talking about this or David Scrady hit it this morning. They're on every morning, 6-9 to nine, here on WKTY. Aaron Rodgers attempted 17 passes over 20 yards yesterday. 17 passes pushing the ball at least 20 yards down the field. On those 17 passes, he was 3-for-17. Two touchdowns and a pick. And, and Ben Fennell, who does film analysis for The Athletic, put out a tweet and said, just to to put this statistic into perspective, Kirk Cousins has attempted 18 passes over 20 yards total in the last five games. And the Vikings like to take deep shots. Like, Kirk Cousins is a good deep ball-throwing quarterback. Aaron Rodgers took 17 yesterday. Kirk Cousins has attempted 18 in the last five games. Now, I think there was some strategy to that. I mean, the the Lions' pass defense is, is terrible. They are dead last in opponent passing yards per game. So I'm sure that the Packers and Matt LaFleur and Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers came together and said, I, I think this is a game where we can push the ball down the field. I think we can get big chunk plays and hopefully wrap it up pretty quickly. Well, that didn't turn out to be the case. Whether the Lions balled out on defense or Aaron Rodgers missed throws or any combination of the two didn't end up working. And it was a really ugly on-field product. Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball all over the place. And I was really disappointed and frustrated. I didn't get a chance to listen to Dave and Scrady this morning. I had to get up uh, and work on our sister station, WIZM. So I wasn't able to hear, although Scrady has a very loud voice. You can basically hear Scrady throughout the entire building. But I didn't get to hear the show. But I tuned into other shows, including one from Green Bay and one from Milwaukee this morning. And I listened to a little bit of Bill Michaels this afternoon. And not just callers to these programs, but the hosts themselves were saying things like, Man, the receivers were bad yesterday. They don't have a deep threat. They don't have a... These wide receivers aren't good. They can't get separation. They can't catch balls. They can't make plays. Should have traded for Emmanuel Sanders. Should have traded for Mohamed Sanu. And I'm like, you guys cover and talk about sports for a living that could not be farther from the truth. Can be farther from the truth. Packers wide receivers were open yesterday. Jake Kumaro on that interception, he was open. Rodgers underthrew him. He had Aaron Jones and Tyler Irvin both open for touchdowns, overthrew them both. Now, Aaron Rodgers attempted 17 passes of over 20 yards. He only completed three of them. Two were for touchdowns, so one was to Lazard. I can't exactly place the other one because I can't remember. That would have been the Devontae Adams where he broke to the corner. The other 14 were all incompletions or that interception of just, it was just bad. They were ugly. They didn't have a chance. They weren't close. And to hear people whose job it is to watch Packer games and talk or write about it, complain about the wide receivers today, oh man, oh man, are you kidding me? Trade for Mohamed Sanu or trade for Emmanuel Sanders? Why? So Aaron Rodgers can overthrow them too? And I'm not trying to pile on Aaron Rodgers today. Everybody has a bad game. Everybody, anybody can have a really bad game. Yesterday was not on the wide receivers at all. Rodgers was asked in his post-game presser, it, it wasn't a loaded question at all. Uh, the reporter didn't say, hey, Aaron, you were pretty bad today. Why was that? He just 
asked Rodgers to assess his own performance, and this is what he said. Yeah, I'm tired. Uh, a lot of plays, you know, too many missed throws. Um, felt good about the throws. That's the crazy thing. I felt good about some of those that I uh, overthrew by a couple yards. Um, yeah, we just a little bit off, I think, at times. But, uh, you know, we had to make some plays. We made some plays. Yeah, as, as a Packer fan, selfishly, I wanted to, to turn on the press conference yesterday and hear Aaron Rodgers go, I was bad today. I need to be better. I need to hit my throws. And he kind of said that in his own twisted way. And Jimmy Graham had a drop, and, and Valdez Scantling had a ball put on his back hip that he probably should have hauled in. But the proof is in the pudding. Like, the numbers speak for themselves. Rodgers was terribly inaccurate yesterday and really, really inefficient. But there's one part of that answer that I jumped out to me, and Aaron Rodgers is saying, hey, actually, it felt good out of my hand. That's the crazy thing. And that got the wheels turning in my mind a little bit, and, and I've seen this written about and, and talked about today as well. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette was, was hitting this this morning. That's typically when quarterbacks start to age, the great quarterbacks, where every throw is so easy and effortless, and they've never had to worry about it. When some of that arm strength starts to go, or some of that athleticism starts to go because of age, they typically don't feel it. They think, man, I'm doing the same thing I've always done. Feels the same as it's always felt. What's wrong? I hope that's not the case with Aaron Rodgers as a Packer fan. And as a football fan, I mean, you want to see these guys play at a high level for a long time because it makes for a better product. But I hope this is not the beginning of the end. And look, Aaron Rodgers, I want a reporter to ask him about this. He does not step into his throws. He doesn't use good mechanics. And up until this point in his career, he hasn't really had to because he is so physically gifted and athletic. And his arm is just a little different. You watch him play... No human being should be able to throw a ball the way that he does from the angles in which he throws with the zip and with the accuracy. When some of that strength starts to go, that athleticism starts to go, you can't throw off your back foot every play. You can't throw from a weird platform every play. You have to get back to the fundamentals. So hopefully this is not Aaron Rodgers' arm disappearing, but rather the point in his career where he says, I got to be a little bit more deliberate about the way I deliver the ball. I have to pay attention to my fundamentals because I can't just get by on pure talent anymore. Hopefully that's what Rodgers says. Hopefully that's what his coaches tell him. And it's not the beginning of the end for Rodgers. But when you hear a press conference answer where he says, wow, they felt good. Felt like they've always felt. I don't know what it was. Well, getting older. Arms getting older. I want a reporter to straight up ask Rodgers because I'm curious. Look, Aaron, take us through your thought process. When you're in the pocket and nobody's in your face, no pressure. You have all the time in the world to make a throw and deliver a strike. Why don't you like to step into your throw? Do you prefer Throwing off your back foot? Do you prefer sidearming the ball? And look, Aaron Rodgers is never short on words in press conferences. He'll sit there and he'll tell you everything you ask. I would like to hear that. Because I'm curious. And listening to that press conference answer and watching the way that he plays, he's getting older. His arm strength is deteriorating. His talent and zip and and energy and athleticism starts to deteriorate. You can't get by on your talent anymore. You have to focus on your fundamentals to drive the ball, to step into your throw. Maybe Aaron Rodgers has got to get back to that a little bit. Now he's got two weeks to kind of sit down and review the tape. Maybe they come to the same conclusion, or maybe I'm way off base. I don't know. But when he says, well, they felt the same as they always felt. It felt good out of my hand. Well, you're getting older. Body's starting to change. Delivery is probably going to have to change as well. Fundamentals become a little bit more important when you can't get by off, off straight arm talent. It's the same in anything else, right? It's the same in any business. If you're a doctor or you're a teacher or you're a radio host, 
If you're not that talented, you got to work a little bit harder. Got to read more about sports. You got you to listen to podcasts. You got to sit down and type out your show and write talking points. You can't just grab a mic and, and go. Maybe the most talented people can, but that's the point. Got to get back to the fundamentals, and I hope that's the conclusion that Rodgers and his coaches draw over the next two weeks because that bye week is huge. Now, Rodgers is bad yesterday, and if Rodgers is that bad the rest of the season, it's not going to matter because they're not going to win. Maybe they win one playoff game. Drew Brees comes up to Lambeau and just can't, can't hack the cold, but they're not making a deep run if Aaron Rodgers plays like he did yesterday. So let's assume for the sake of this conversation and the sake of the Green Bay Packers that Aaron Rodgers gets back to at least playing pretty well. There's one thing that concerned me yesterday, and it's something I saw in the Los Angeles game, something I saw in the San Francisco game, and almost something that occurred yesterday and even in the Minnesota game as well. And it's not with Aaron Rodgers. It's it's with Matt LaFleur. And the way that the offense is, is the, the plays are called and the offense is executed. My concern that, that popped up again yesterday, I'll share that with you coming up in a few minutes. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. Always, always, always presented by Play It Again Sports. Back in a moment here on WKTY. Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. We're talking Packers. They beat the Lions yesterday 23-20 and very similar to the first regular season matchup, the Monday Night Football matchup. Packers didn't lead for a single moment in that game until they did as time expired and Mason Crosby kicked game-winning field goal. And I guess it's something we maybe should have seen coming or certainly could have seen coming. They were flashing graphics, I think, in the first and the second quarter and all the way into the fourth quarter. The Lions have have led in a lot of games this year, even right down into the fourth quarter. Now, I believe yesterday, I wrote this down during the broadcast, and I, I looked it up. I don't know where you can find such a stat. I need a bigger staff is what I need if my boss is listening to dig some of these things up. The Lions this season before yesterday had been leading or tied in the fourth quarter and lost six times. So if that stat's correct, yesterday would have been seven. So the Lions this year led or tied an opponent in the fourth quarter and ended up losing seven times, which I thought the Lions were going to be a good team this year. They had a lot of injuries. They traded away a couple good players and they shut down others. I I will still argue up until right now that I think the Lions were a good team this year. They just couldn't figure out how to win. I don't know if that's on coaching or if that's just a one year where you get unlucky, where the ball doesn't bounce your way, whatever. I think the Lions, although they traded away a lot of their good players, shut them down or got injured, I think they were a good team that were hanging in games, they just couldn't find ways to win. Seven times, including yesterday, that the Lions were tied or leading in the fourth quarter and ended up losing. So I guess it's not something that should have surprised us, although it didn't look like the Packers were going anywhere yesterday, and it looked like they were going to have to play on Wild Card Weekend. Now, the playoff picture, before we, we start to talk more about this game, the playoff picture looks like this. The Niners and the Packers are the one and the two seed, so they will have this weekend off. Well, the Vikings and the Saints play. The Vikings will go play in the Superdome, and the Seahawks will play in Philly. Now, the Seahawks are 11-5, and five, the Eagles 9-7, and seven, but the Eagles getting the higher seed automatically, regardless of record, because they won their division. So, after this round of games this weekend, the Packers will play the highest remaining seed, and the Seahawks will play the lowest. Probably, probably, the Saints will end up coming to Lambeau in the divisional round, and probably the Seahawks will will travel to the 49ers. Now, in the AFC, the Ravens and the Chiefs are on by because the Patriots lost to the Dolphins yesterday. 
They were 17-some point favorites. It's one of the biggest upsets we've seen in the NFL in a while. And that's aside from the seeding and the ramifications and what was on the line. They will play the Titans this weekend, and the Bills will play the Texans. The Texans, you might as well just name that Saturday game the Houston game because they play it every year. Uh, and it's either against the injured Raiders or they end up losing, one of the two. So Bills, Texans, Titans, Patriots, Vikings, Saints, Seahawks, Eagles, that's this weekend. And then we'll figure it out based on seeding who will play in the division round, the, uh, the, what will be the, the eight remaining teams. Yesterday, I saw a continuation of a trend that popped up in a couple of games this year. I, I guess, l- let me put it as, as <laughs> in as big picture as possible, and then we'll dive into it. This is what I mean. When the Packers' offense is good, it's good. But when the Packers' offense is bad, especially when they start bad right out of the gate, they are bad. And it's very painful and difficult for them to pull themselves out of a funk. To get going better. They took so many deep shots yesterday. That was the game plan coming in. The game plan coming in, and this is the only conclusion I can draw. I can't imagine the case is is any different. They came in yesterday and they said, okay, Detroit is the 32nd ranked team. They're dead last in the league when it comes to opponent passing yards per game. They're giving up. 284 and a half yards per game in the air. That's just in the air. They have a very bad pass defense. They traded Quandre Diggs. They're beat up. They've traded or shut down some of their good players. And I'm assuming that Hackett, Rodgers, and LaFleur sat down and said, let's take some shots this week. Like, let, let's pump it up. Let's take shots. We'll put on an air show in the dome. It's going to be a lot of Packers fans. We'll get the place bumping up. The game will be over early, and we'll go into the playoffs feeling great feeling like we got a lot of momentum and nobody will worry about that ugly performance in Minnesota on Monday night. I have a pretty good feeling that was the game plan, or at least looking at the evidence, looking at the numbers, I can only assume that's the game plan because Aaron Rodgers took, what, 17 shots longer than 20 yards? To put that into perspective, I said this earlier, Kirk Cousins has taken 18 of those shots in the last five games. Kirk Cousins likes to throw the deep ball. He's a good deep ball thrower. Nothing compared to what Aaron Rodgers and the Packers did yesterday. And so many of these throws, they didn't have a chance. It's not like these balls were just just barely missing. Like, oh, it's there, but just got to make the catch or just an inch too far. Most of these passes didn't have a chance at being completed. Rodgers yesterday on attempts longer than 20 yards, of which he had 17. He only completed three. Two were for touchdowns, and the other was an interception. Two touchdowns and an interception. Three of 17 total. Aaron Rodgers also yesterday, I didn't know this was a stat. I didn't know this was recorded. He had an NFL record. He tied an NFL record. 16 overthrows. 16 overthrows. They've been been recording that since 2006. So not since the beginning of the league, the beginning of time, but for a a good 10 plus years, Aaron Rodgers tying an NFL record with 16 overthrows. The plan coming in was to take deep shots because Detroit does not have a good passing defense. That was the plan. The plan did not work. But did you notice they kept trying? They said, oh, the plan's going to work. We're going to stick with the plan, stick with the plan, stick with the plan. Keep it up. And because the Lions are so bad, and because Aaron Rodgers, as bad as he was yesterday, is still Aaron Rodgers, they were able to make something work at the end. Aaron Jones was great, and Mason Crosby took care of the rest. The plan coming in was to push the ball down the field. The plan did not work, and they kept trying. And they almost lost because of it. Need to adjust. Need to change things up. Need to do something different. And if it was just yesterday, it wouldn't be a huge deal. But it happened in the Chargers game where they came out and they were terrible early on. They abandoned the run. They had pre-snap penalties. They were a mess. 
and it was bad from the start, and it never got any better. San Francisco, they came in and they got rocked right from the start. It was bad, and it never got any better. In fact, Matt Fleur came out of the locker room at halftime, and what did he say in his in his in his interview? Said we got to stick to the plan. We got to stick to the plan, and we're all like, "No, okay, I'm going to go to bed then because this is done." There's something to be said for a coach having confidence in his game plan, despite how it works early, because you can't go away from your game plan too early. But at some point, a good head coach knows when to say, this ain't working, throw it out, we got to do this instead. Good coaches know when to adjust. And credit to Matt LaFleur, he's a first-year head coach. So he's got to balance, well, I, I want players to think, I actually believe in my game plan, my guys need to have confidence in me. So I'm not going to throw my game plan out in the first five minutes, but at some point when it's not working, got to make adjustments. Los Angeles, they abandoned the run game early. It didn't work. San Francisco, they got rocked. And then at halftime, Matt LaFleur's message was, hey, keep it up. We got to stick to the plan. We're like, come on, the plan's not working. Yesterday, taking shots down the field. Way too many shots down the field. They thought it would work. It didn't, but they kept with it. 17 pass attempts over 20 yards. Kept banging their head against the wall. And this worries me. Look, if Aaron Rodgers has another bad game like yesterday, they're not going to win in the playoffs. They might beat the Saints at Lambeau just because Drew Brees has typically been very, very bad playing in cold weather, playing outside the dome. But any hopes of a run if Aaron Rodgers plays like that are, are zero. But this worrying trend throughout the regular season where if the Packers start bad, it's not getting any better. That's something that'll get you killed in a playoff game they come out flat or if they come out and, and the defense is giving them a different look than they expected or they expected to be able to push the ball down the field and they can't push the ball down the field you got to adjust you got to change it up you got to do something else and they haven't really shown the ability to do that haven't really shown the ability to adjust and pivot on the fly now there are games where it's taken four quarters but they've eventually gotten through look Aaron Rodgers threw two touchdowns yesterday and they were both on long passes so I guess in a sense it worked But it worked because the Lions are a bad football team. And Ford Field was dead. And I don't think Matt Patricia is that good of a coach. You notice this trend throughout the year? That when the offense starts poorly, things kind of snowball. They don't get better. Aaron Rodgers' body language gets worse. And the drops and the issues from the wide receivers get worse. And then the penalties get worse. And all of a sudden, you're getting blown out. Like with the Chargers or the Niners or or. Kind of like yesterday, but the Lions are a different team, so the game obviously looked different. If they start slow in the playoffs, if they get into a game and their game plan doesn't work right away, I don't feel great about their ability to pivot, adjust, and come back and win a game. Hope I'm wrong. And hope they they look at that. Uh, once again, same with Aaron Rodgers. They have two weeks to look at some of this stuff to try to get the best game plan possible ready for the divisional round at Lambeau Field. They got time. But a couple instances in the regular season of the Packers offense starting bad and not getting any better. And I hope that's not the case because that would be that would be kind of a lame way to end up end a, a, a really great season. A 13 and 3 season where the game plan doesn't work and they say screw it, we're done. And then they fold. Which has been the case a couple of times throughout this regular season. Uh when we come back, I want to talk about that 13 and 3 record. By the way, if you want to get your last thoughts in about this Packers game, shoot me a call, shoot me a text. 608-796-2558 on the five star telecom talk and text line. I was doing some deep thinking today. I do some of my best thinking in the shower or shampooing, and I was thinking, I keep having to remind myself that the Packers are 13 and 3, which is unreal because it doesn't feel like they're 13 and 3. 
And I started looking back at some of their games, the close wins and the close losses. I said, man, oh man, the path that this team has taken to 13-3 and is fascinating. I think an NFL regular season might just be as much about luck and as much about health and as much about officiating as it might actually be about talent. Now, obviously, you have to be a great team. But the difference between New Orleans and Green Bay and seeding, or Seattle and Green Bay and seeding, I think it's a lot of luck. I think it's a lot of the football gods. I'll explain what I mean coming up next. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show on the way, presented by Played Against Sports. You're listening to WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. A small side note before we get back to the Packers. I've just been kind of cruising Twitter uh, during commercial breaks because I want to see if the Cowboys are, are going to fire Jason Garrett or any of these coaches are going to be fired. And it was it was reported by NBC that the Cowboys, well, the Cowboys announced it themselves. I saw it through NBC. The Cowboys have no announcement on Jason Garrett's future today and they will not have an announcement today. I swear that Jerry Jones would just rather be able to like maybe fire his coach than actually have a good coach. Like it is more important to Jerry Jones that that he could at any moment fire his coach if he wanted. He would rather just be able to have that power rather than actually hire a, a good coach that he likes. Which is hilarious. Because if he hires a new coach, he can't it, it can't be at the end of every game. He can't be doing press conferences. He can't be saying, well, we'll see. You're kind of stuck with him at least for a while. At least good owners would be. 608-796-2558. Last Packers thoughts uh, after their win over the Lions that barely got them to a first-round bye in a home playoff game. Let's go to the five-star telecom talking text line. Caller, thanks for joining me. What's going on? Yeah, hi, Grant. I love your show. Yeah, it was confirmed today that uh, Garrett, uh, Jerry Jones did fire Garrett. It was confirmed this morning by ESPN.com uh, to let you know. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate the phone call. Thank you. It was reported, I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Jane Slater. It was somebody who originally reported this morning that somebody in the Cowboys front office told somebody that they're all fired, that they're done, but then later followed up and said, well, actually, not yet. I think he was hinting that we are going to be fired, but actually haven't been fired. So I think there are people who are reporting that, yeah, they're they're going to fire Jason Garrett and they're going to fire some of these these coaches, maybe. But the Cowboys themselves haven't announced anything, unless I have been missing it all day, which I've been watching and listening to sports TV and radio for most of today. I didn't actually have much to do. It looks as though they're going to be fired. I'm just joking. I think Jerry Jones would rather be able to like do press conferences every week where people ask him about firing his coach. I think he kind of gets a power trip off of it. It's like, well, we'll see. Yeah. Man, we'll have to have those discussions about the future throughout the week. Like, he would rather live in a state of... He would rather have his coach be on an eternal hot seat, because I think that just gets him off a little bit, than actually have a good coach, which I find hilarious. Maybe it'll happen tomorrow, but it was reported and announced by the Cowboys that will have no announcement today. I don't know. It's a mess. Of course it's a mess. It's the Cowboys. I was thinking about this Packers team a little bit earlier, kind of final thought of the day. They're 13-3. and They don't feel like they're 13-3. and It feels weird to say... Like a 13-3 and team, you should feel very strongly about. If they're not 10-6 and where they're like, oh, okay, they barely snuck in. Like 13-3, and damn! It's the best season they've had since 2011 when they went 15-1. and And I'm looking through their schedule and I'm like, man, this has been a year where they have just won one-score games, where they've been able to find ways to win. Aaron Rodgers actually asked about that in his press conference. I believe it was by Pete Doherty. He said, Aaron, why is this team all of a sudden able to win these one-score games? This is pretty interesting. It's definitely belief. Um, for whatever reason, there's an expectation that when we get in those situations now, 
uh, we're going to score. It wasn't always like that. I think back to 2008 uh, when we had opportunities uh, for much of that season. And a few times we scored, but we gave up uh, scores after that. But we weren't very good in, in those situations. And then 2009, the uh, first game of the year, uh, hit uh, Greg on a post. And it's been slowly building, I think, since then to where even guys and other teams, when they come to us, there's an expectation that we, if we get the ball in two minutes, uh, we're going to score. And that belief, I think, carries a lot of weight in those situations. Um, and the calmness with which we operate in those situations, I think, allows us to really uh, focus and personally allows me to um, kind of get in, uh, in my zone as far as what plays I want to get to belief like it just feels like when they take over whether they're down or whether at the end of the game that they're going to make it happen and last year that wasn't the case the backers lost a lot of one score games last year so what I did is I, is I kind of looked through the schedule and I I'm like okay they win a lot of all these are one score games the Bears the Vikings they beat the Broncos by a little bit more they lost to the Eagles by one score they beat the Cowboys by 10 they beat the Lions by one they beat the Chiefs by seven wasn't close with the Chargers the Panthers was a one score game the Giants was a one-score game until kind of late in the game. Washington was a one-score game. Chicago, the second time around, was a one-score game. The Lions the other night were a one-score game. And, and I'm looking through this, and I'm thinking, okay, Bears week one. Yeah, Trubisky gave him a pick. Vikings week two. Kirk Cousins sauced him a pick that was that was rather easy at the end. The Cowboys, they couldn't, they couldn't get out of their own way in the first half, and they ultimately started to make a comeback. If that game's longer, they probably do win. The Lions, if it's not for a, a possible holding penalty or a roughing the passer here or there, the Lions might win that game. The, the Raiders, if Derek Carr doesn't fumble out of the end zone and the Packers don't double up before and after the half, that could have been a ball game. They were getting stops. The Chiefs, what if Patrick Mahomes would have played? The Panthers, well, okay, Kyle Allen. You got him at a good time. And you got him at home. And then the other night with the Vikings, they, they got to miss Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, they didn't have to deal with Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison. And I'm not saying the Packers have been lucky. That's not what I'm saying. Because ultimately, every week is kind of a one-game season. Because things change so much and players get hurt, players get healthy. All right, that week they were playing the Matt Moore Chiefs. They game plan for the Matt Moore Chiefs and they beat the Matt Moore Chiefs. They went 1-0 and in that week and that's all you can do. And I would say the same thing against the Vikings. Kirk Cousins beat a lot of sub-500 teams this year and he gets credit for that because that takes game planning. That takes strategy. You got to ball out in those games to win too. Man, the Packers this year, this might just be their year. I don't know if they're I don't know if they're elite like we've seen in the past, but things are going their way. The ball's bouncing their way. The officials for the most part have agreed with them and they are healthy, knock on wood. They're really healthy. This team for whatever reason, they just found ways to win and it's all worked. So we'll see if that continues. Luck, officiating, health, Some of the most important things to a football team ever. The Philadelphia Eagles know that for sure. Tomorrow, we're going to preview the Rose Bowl, talk about tonight's Bucks game, and continue to look forward to the NFL playoffs. Thanks for hanging out. Same time, same place tomorrow. Talk to you then.